game was over. The game was over. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. Put your ball down. Everybody wonders why we're so mean. If I don't eat breakfast, I'm fucking pissed off. Bring that beat back. Time for the Jetro Podcast. It's Friday, July 26th, and welcome to another episode of the Jetro Podcast. Uh, if you're looking at us on Twitch, if you're watching our live stream, or if you're going to be following this along through video, you can see I got my nice uh, flamingo shirt on, nice Hawaiian on, got a light hat on, look like I'm ready for the beach because this is basically vacation time of the year right now. Uh, it's one of my favorite times of the year. We have the Eagles officially reporting to training camp as of the day we're recording this. So I know you guys listen on Friday. We're getting in the studio on Wednesday to do this. So Wednesday, the 24th of July, is officially football season in Philadelphia. And the Philadelphia Eagles full training camp roster will report today. Uh, so hopefully from now until early February, we're going to be talking Eagles football. A lot of expectations with this season. What we're going to start out with today, we don't have any news out of training camp, obviously, first day. And I know it might be hard for you guys to believe, but we're not really Eagles insiders, so we're probably not going to hear anything until you guys do. But what we're going to do to start everything off is go through a preview of this roster. If you've been listening to 97.5 or 94.1 or just following the Eagles offseason in general, You've probably heard it left and right. MVP candidates, maybe the best offense in Eagles history, an incredible defense, great players on every side of the ball, and a roster that a lot of people think are going to contend for a Super Bowl. So what we're going to do is we're going to go down and go through the roster position by position, give a quick preview of what we're looking at for this season, get an idea of what we're going to be looking at through training camp, into the regular season, and hopefully into the postseason. Uh, the way we're going to do this, uh, it's me, Natty, and Kev here in studio. B Ford's not with us today, so we're going to go through and rotate, starting at the top. So, like, I'll go through quarterbacks with you guys, and that'll do running backs. Uh, Kev's going to do wide receivers, and we're going to go through the depth chart. Uh, we're going to give everybody a little bit of help because no, Kev's not a big football guy. I, say, so. I don't know first names. Pull up the so, roster. It's got the first names. I, they got initials for all first. All right, all right. We'll, we'll figure out the names, and then we'll, <laughs> we'll help Kev out. Uh, but let's get into it because there's so much talent on this roster and we're going to get you guys excited about Eagles football today once you hear what we've got and what we're looking at. So starting from the top, of course, the most important position, you've got quarterback. Uh, there's some guy down here, Kev C. Wentz. You know who that is? <laughs> All right, Carson Wentz. I, I know him. Coming in and, oh my goodness, the first thing, some news that's dropped recently is the top 100 players list for the NFL. They do it every year. For 2019, Carson Wentz is rated 96. He dropped from three all the way to 96, which is ridiculous. How is that possible? I mean, he had stats that improved last year. It's player voted, so take it for what it's worth. And maybe they didn't have the time to look into what his advanced statistics did, and they just think of him as, oh, he came in and he was hurt, and Nick Foles can do what he does. I, I don't know. Either way, it's another chip on his shoulder. It's crazy because this guy's an MVP candidate. No doubt. He's... I think last time I checked, maybe top three or four odds to win the MVP this year, which is awesome. One of the top four players in football coming into this season. Uh, and that's the odd makers. That's not NFL players writing down who their favorite players are. That's people who get paid to do that and set the odds are saying that he's a favorite for MVP this year. So great stuff for Carson coming. Of course, we need him to stay healthy, but he's fully healed. He's coming into training camp. He has no restrictions whatsoever. So our franchise quarterback's looking good. I can't wait to see what Carson does this year. 
Uh, then you got Nate Sudfeld coming in, who um, they have little ratings here on this lineups we're looking at. Uh, it's lineups.com. Uh, Nate Sudfeld with a 69 rating, which is very nice. 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 Uh, like that for a backup quarterback. Nice. Uh, he's no Nick Foles, and we really haven't seen anything from him. I think he's thrown like one career pass in an NFL game. Uh, you know what? No, he played a little bit longer in the Dallas game uh, the year we went on the Super Bowl run. But the teams kept him around. He's somebody who Doug Peterson and the rest of the coaching uh, staff really trusts, it seems like. They blocked trade opportunities for him because we want to keep him on the roster. So, God forbid, if Carson does end up with another injury, that's our guy, Nate Sudfeld. Uh, but, honestly, he's got all the projectables of a solid quarterback in this league and after what Nick Foles did back in 2017 I mean I'm not doubting anything at this point but hopefully we don't hear Nate's number called at all uh then you've got a couple guys just filling out uh roster spots you've got Clayton Thorson the rookie who he's probably going to earn a spot on this roster as the third quarterback young guy just got drafted don't really know anything about him yet and then you've got Cody Kessler who's a camp body and no shot this guy makes the team. So nice to have Cody Kessler here. Maybe he knows a little something from his time in the league. But dude's walking garbage at the quarterback position. So, uh, Cody, sorry. It'll be nice to have you for July and maybe a little bit of August. But you're going to hit the brick sooner or later. That's the quarterback position. But really, it starts and ends with Carson Wentz. And we've got one of the top five quarterbacks in football, hands down, in my opinion. So it's all set at that position. What do we got for running back? So running back, we got Jordan Howard. Miles Sanders, Corey Clement, Darren Sproles making a huge comeback, hopefully for the Philadelphia Eagles. We also got Adams and Evans. So the way it's probably going to break down, we're probably going to see Jordan Howard as the number one guy. Where we get that big old question mark is the number two guy. Everyone's saying and leaning towards Miles Sanders. I'm really skeptical on him. Because while they're really big on what he did over his time at Penn State, they don't have a huge sample size on his performance. They're basing off a very, very small sample size. But they're expecting huge things from him. I'm hoping huge things from him if he can fill out that number two slot. Uh, the number three spot is probably going to go to Corey Clement with Darren Sproles being the number four. And by bringing back Darren Sproles, there's no way they're going to bench him. Now, being toward the end of his career as opposed to the prime of his career, he's not going to be the number one or number two guy, but you don't bring a beloved Eagle back just so you can bench him most of the season. He's going to get possessions and touches every single game. Whether it's the three or four spot Darren Sproles is going to get, he's going to get that playing time without a doubt. Yeah, the problem with the running back position is just how many guys we currently have on the roster at that spot. So you got Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, Corey Clement, Wendell Smallwood, Darren Sproles, Josh Adams, and Evans, who, forgive me, I don't even know. <laughs> he must be a, a rookie that we brought in. Got a whopping um, rating of 61, which is not great. Uh, but really, NFL teams will only carry four, maybe five running backs. And with how much depth we have at other positions, it looks like only four of these guys are going to make the team. So obviously Jordan Howard's going to. Who else we have that's going to make that final four? That's going to make the final four? Well, I put, I put Howard, Sanders, Corey Clement, and Darren Sproles. That's who I had as the big four who are going to get the most amount of playing time for the Eagles this season. Gotcha. And then Wendell Smallwood and Josh Adams will be fighting for uh, for practice squad minutes and, well, a practice squad position. 
Uh, and then the rest of those guys are going to have to find themselves on another team or find something uh, in unsigned free agency uh, because the Eagles are stacked across the ball offensively. And I just don't see the team hanging on to five of these guys, <clears throat> especially with how much they're planning on throwing the ball this year. Uh, next, we got the wide receiver position. Um, another stacked position here. Uh, so let's go ahead and take a look at that, Kev. So for wide receiver, uh, we got uh, – I don't want to butcher his first name, uh, but Jeffrey. Um, Nelson, I don't want to butcher his last name. <laughs> Aguilar. <laughs> Aguilar? Aguilar. Aguilar. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, uh, JJ, Arcega, Whiteside. Uh, How'd you get that one, but you couldn't get Ag? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you serious? Dude, okay. The English language is weird for me. Um, Shelton Gibson, Matt Collins, Marken Michael? Michelle. 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 Okay. Um, Carlton Agudosi, uh, DeAndre Tompkins, Greg Ward Jr. Well, Ward, let's go. Um, Charles. <laughs> And Charles Johnson. Uh, we could be. Second Cousins, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, so wide receiver, you're probably seeing them keep like five of these guys, maybe five or six. Um, no doubt Deshaun Jackson's going to make the team. Huge offseason addition here. You know what Deshaun Jackson does really well, right, Kev? What's up? What does Deshaun Jackson do very well? Intercept. Catch. One of those two. <laughs> okay. Um, He's a, oh, he, uh, <laughs> Matt I'm and I are going to go through the rest <laughs> Sorry, of no, wait, 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 wait. Let me... I realized what I said. <laughs> Offense, wide receiver. Yeah. Hey, he catches well. Yeah, he's also fast as shit, though. He's oh. still one of the faster players in the NFL. Probably not he, as fast as Forrest Gump. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> well, I wonder how fast Forrest Gump actually is. We could probably get a time like 40 on him. What team did he play for? University of Alabama? Yeah, yes. Alabama. Roll Tide. Uh, but anyway, back to real football players in the year 2019. Uh, Deshaun Jackson could take the top off of defense, and Carson Wentz hasn't really had that. Torrey Smith was supposed to be that guy, but it never really worked out back in 17. Um, so you've got the first deep threat of Carson Wentz's career, and coming out of North Dakota State, people did talk about his deep ball and his ability to throw the ball down the field. He does have arm strength. We've seen it a time or two where Alshon will get deeper. Uh, Nelson Aguilar will go a little bit deeper and get open. So it'll be great to see Deshaun back in Eagles green and with uh, maybe even a better quarterback than he saw with uh, McNabb or Vic here uh, last time he was with Philly. So that'll be great. You've got Alshon coming back. We know what Alshon brings. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder after the drop in the NFC divisional round against the Saints. Uh, so hopefully he'll come back a little bit more motivated and a motivated Alshon Jeffrey who's better than last year will be incredible. We'll also get a full season out of him. Remember, he had an injury-shortened uh, 2018 season coming back off that rotator cuff injury. And then you got Nelson Aguilar, who a lot of people were talking about getting traded because they're such a backup at the wide receiver position for the Birds. He's still a really serviceable slot receiver, and he's not going anywhere. So he's here for the 2019-2020 season as well. So... That's great for us to have uh, have another guy that Carson has that rapport with. Now, the newer, younger guys you're looking at, uh, you've got J.J. Arcego whiteside who he's a second-round pick uh, coming out of Stanford, I believe. Um, 
Last pass catcher we drafted out of Stanford was, if I remember correctly, a man by the name of Zach Ertz, who we'll talk about when we get to tight ends. Uh, but that's good. Have a good luck with Stanford, guys. Uh, he'll definitely make the team. The rest is a toss-up, man. You got Shelton Gibson, who's probably a special teamer, so we'll probably get on doing that. Mac Hollins, whose groin has been missing since late 2017, He's had this phantom groin injury, and I guess like there's some video footage. He's like Bigfoot of Philadelphia sports, where there's like some grainy video footage of him jogging at practices. But it's been over a year now since we've seen this guy actually have like contact and play in a game or any kind of full practice. So hopefully Matt Collins comes back. He was a little bit of a deep ball threat, uh, but we've only seen his rookie season. He was out the entirety of last year and hasn't shown signs of getting back. So God knows if he'll make the team. And then that other group down there at the bottom, Michelle, Agadosi, Greg Ward Jr., uh, Tompkins, Johnson, those guys are all just camp bodies. Maybe one or two of them could sneak onto the roster. Uh, Greg Ward Jr. is a name that's been around for a little bit. Uh, Michelle, of course, the brother of Sony Michelle, so he's got that NFL pedigree, so he might have the ability to make a roster, but those guys aren't really going to contribute this year more than special teams players. The real heavy hitters are going to be Deshaun, Alshon, Nelson, and hopefully we can get something from uh, JJ or Matt Collins if he does come back. But those top three are a scary prospect for defenses, especially with the uh, tight end position looking like uh, what it is for the Birds this year. Uh, now we're going to get into the line a little bit. You want to talk uh, left tackle, Natty, or just tackles in general? I'll go. T- I'll go tackles in general. So offensive tackle. Who will I go through that? Yeah. All right. So for OT, we got Peters. We got Johnson. We got is that Dillard or Dillard? Dillard. Dillard. We're going Dillard and Vitae. Vitae. <laughs> yeah. Vitae. Big V. I'll do the body Vitae. <laughs> Big V. Vitae. We're going. <laughs> we're going with that. <laughs> And Mylata. This is what this is where I start to get a little fuzzy with the with the Eagles lines. Yeah, no problem. You want me to just run through it? Yeah. Okay. So you're gonna have Lean and Jason Peters be the starters. Now, Jason Peters gets hurt every five minutes. So drafted Andre Dillard, our first overall draft pick. He was graded out by some people as the best lineman in the draft. Uh, so he's a huge guy to have. And the fact that we've kept Jason Peters and we're going to be able to start Jason Peters. Most times you get a first round high draft pick and it's a offensive lineman, a guard or a tackle. Those guys are thrown right into the fire. Dillard's going to get that chance to learn from Jason Peters, uh, and learn everything there. I mean, that's a future hall of famer. So learning from him, uh, already having the talent to be one of the top graded linemen coming out of the draft. If Dillard does have to get called on this year, no doubt he's going to be ready. But to have Jason Peters there to start as well, when he's healthy, he's still a top-tier tackle. And you need good tackles to protect Carson, especially in a season where we need him healthy. Uh, So Lane and Jason Peters on the other side. So Lane and JP on both sides of Carson blocking the edges off. It's a pretty good place to be, man. Can't hate anything about that. The only concern is the injury with the bodyguard and if he goes down. You've got your first-round pick, and you've got that insurance policy on him. So tackles are pretty much firm up. You'll get the other guys backing up. Big V, (laughs) I mean, I don't know how many are out there, but I don't think there's any other third-string tackles that started on a Super Bowl-winning team. Halapulavati Vitae was the starting tackle in Super Bowl 52. 
He's now the third string tackle on this team, and he's sitting there in case anything happens with Dillard. If he's not ready to go, if JP gets hurt, he's there. If anyone else goes down, he could switch interior. So he's another good option to have who's been around and has proven himself to be a serviceable backup. And then you also have Jordan Mailata, who, when he was drafted, was one of my favorites. This is the huge dude who played rugby and is just an absolute monster. I wish they would get him some time with the ball in his hands playing like fullback, uh, running him out of like a two-back set or something like that down by the goal line. Either way, it might be a little bit difficult for him to get a roster spot just because of the depth that this team has. But he's one of those guys with tremendous upside and was drafted late and never played American football before he got drafted. So he's someone I've always really, really been interested in seeing him come into the game and make a difference. I thought he was the answer to Peters. Obviously, drafting Dillard, the team doesn't feel the same way. But still something interesting and an interesting guy to have around the locker room. He plays like the ukulele and shit. So keep the uh keep the spirits up there in training camp at least you need a locker room guy like that in every sport i think yeah definitely uh, so what i think we're going to do is we're just going to do the offense because we're running a little bit long uh so uh we've got the guards coming up next interior linemen uh, so let's go ahead and take a look at that kev you want to do guards What's up? you want to do guards yeah um it's only four of them all right so for guards uh we have drum roll please <laughs> see the pronunciation Isaac Sumalo there we go yeah that'll work um Brandon Brooks That's Matt Pryor Stefan Wisniewski Wisniewski <laughs> I think it's Wisniewski Stefan Wisniewski yeah not not bad you got Isaac Sumalo Wisniewski's the tough one I mean, guards are another position where, outside of maybe Matt Pryor, but looking at the rest of these guys, they're all names that have played significant time for the Birds. And interior linemen, you're going to need them to rotate. These guys are going to go down. High ankle sprains and things like that, they're common for linemen. It's going to happen regardless of who you have in there. The Eagles actually have been pretty lucky interior linemen-wise since they drafted Carson, where it hasn't been anything too big, uh, with, of course, the end of last season. Uh, disregarded but you look at these guys when you have a bunch of names Samalo, Brooks, Wisniewski and then prior to a lesser extent that you know can give you good time on an NFL roster as an interior lineman I mean it's a great spot for your team to be in so Brandon Brooks of course coming off that torn Achilles he's the big question mark here because he is an all-world guard when he's healthy the question is will he be healthy I know I said when we started this we don't have insider information Brandon Brooks might have a little bit of insider information. So I saw him and Isaac Samalo out at a bar maybe about three weeks to a month ago at this point. Got a chance to talk to, uh, to Brooks. He was having a drink, sidled up next to him at the bar, said thank you to him. I feel like the interior linemen don't get enough credit. Um, he's a huge dude, a little intimidated, but dapped him up. I also asked him, I was like, how's the Achilles feeling? You're going to be ready to go. And I don't know if he's just shooting the shit, telling me something to get me away from him at the bar, but he told me he's going to be good for the start of the season. So if you're a betting man, I'd bet on Brandon Brooks starting at guard for us uh, once that first week matchup with the Redskins rolls around. So there's a little insider information from Brandon Brooks himself. He told me he was going to be ready. So hopefully he's good to go. I also saw uh, Isaac Samala was out there with him, said what's up to him. And I saw Big V actually, what was it, a couple months back, and he's looking good. He's hanging out. They're all huge guys. They look like they're in good shape, having a good time and good spirits. 
Uh, Big V wasn't on his like Super Bowl tour. He was just chilling out, wasn't drinking too much. So the interior linemen are taking themselves seriously. It looks like Brandon Brooks is going to be back from that injury. So everyone's going to be stacked up there, and we're going to be good to go as far as interior linemen too. No complaints at that position. You're playing your cards right with all with all these Philly athletes. You mean uh, running into Tej, running into Samala, Brandon Brooks. Yeah, you just got to be in the right place, right time, man. Uh, that's all that happens. Go out to the bar, know who you're looking for. And the cool thing with those guys, like, yeah, they're huge, but they're big guys out there sometimes. Everyone knows like that one, like six seven, six eight guy who's just walking around who didn't play basketball but looks like he could have. But if you recognize like the linemen, especially like the backup linemen, like Big V who doesn't get a lot of face time or like Isaac Samalo, you recognize them and go up, say what's up to them. No one's talking to those guys. Maybe it's because they're so big. Maybe it's because no one knows who they are, but they'll sit down and they'll say what's up to you. Like Brandon Brooks was cool as shit. Like we talked for five minutes and then bounce, let him do his thing. But yeah, it's good to meet Philly athletes, get an idea of what's going on, get plus, a little insider info. Plus with a sport like that, um, I say the same thing about hockey. Most of the time you see them with a helmet on. So mm-hmm. you see them with the helmet off. Like at first, you know, you might not recognize them, but yeah, well, it's a little different when they're like six, six, two eighty. Then like it stands out player. a little yeah. stands out a little bit more. Like you know, there's somebody, but you don't know who they are. So if you actually like know their name and everything, like you can go ahead and say what's up. But anyway, moving on. So we'll do the last uh, lineman position. So we've got center here. You want to take over center? This is easy one. If I can find it, where is? I know Kelsey's in there. So yeah. All right. So we got big old Jason Kelsey, and we got Render. Yeah, Render's just a backup body. A uh, young guy who's going to hopefully learn uh, from Jason Kelsey. Uh, if you guys remember, there were some rumors about Kelsey calling it a career uh, end of last year after the Super Bowl as well. So who knows how long he's going to be around. It's tough to be a center. really beat you up. But still with a 96 rating. Holy shit. Well, yeah, he graded out as the best center in football, uh, whether that's Madden, whether that's pro football focus. This guy is it. He's the tops of the position. He's an all-world center that you've got next to an all-world guard and two all-world tackles. I mean, the center position is the anchor of the line in the middle. It's incredibly important to have a center that your quarterback trusts and the rest of your lineman trusts. And Jason Kelsey, he might be the most underrated part of this team. And he still might be taken for granted, even after that crazy speech he gave after the Super Bowl and becoming a Philadelphia icon. The center position is always going to be underrated. Because they're kind of like the long snapper or the holder. You only notice them when they mess up. But how important it is to have that guy be the quarterback of the line and basically man all the protections and be the guy who's mentally responsible for making sure all your coverage is on the line. Protect Carson Wentz. He's an incredibly important part of this, and we have the best in the business. Plus, how many times has Jason Kelsey messed up? Not a lot. No, he's been pretty much solid for the past three or four years. He's absolutely incredible for a guy who came to this league saying that he was too small and didn't have the physical attributes to be a good center. He's going to lock down the line in another spot, and it's just another spot on the roster where we're absolutely stacked and we have an all-world player. The hungry dog, man. The hungry dog. For my money, this is the best offensive line in football for maybe what's the third straight year. So as long as Brandon Brooks comes back healthy, Lane and JP do it well, and Andre Dillard steps in where he needs to be. The line set. Uh, fullback, I mean, we don't really care about fullback or anything like that there. Uh, nothing's going to come from that fullback uh, position because we're going to be running a lot of 12 personnel. 12 personnel, uh, if you don't know, is when you have two tight ends on the field. The reason we're doing that is we can go through that tight end position now, Kev. 
we're absolutely stacked at tight end too. This is the best tight end duo in football. So who do we have there? So we got. Uh, I gotta pull up the uh, stats again. I'll give you a hint. One of them's married to Julie from the U.S. Women's Soccer Team. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. Give me a second. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. I was having a revelation. You said tight ends. Mm-hmm. Tight ends. So, oh, Zach Ertz. Yep. There we go. Um, Dallas. Godert. Goddard. Goddard. Uh, Richard Rogers. Joshua and Joshua Perkins. Yep. So, obviously, Zach Ertz, who put together one of the best tight end seasons of all time last year, is coming back as one of the top three tight ends in the game. Uh, it's really him, uh, George Kittle, out in San Fran, and then Eric Ebron, who's with the Colts. Um, I mean, for my money, I'm an idiot. It's him, uh, George Kittle, who's out in San Fran, and then Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey's brother, who's with the Kansas City Chiefs. For my money, I still like Zach Ertz over all those guys. He seems a little bit more versatile in what he can do route running-wise. He's not that great of a blocker, but when you have such a good line behind him, or next to him, rather, kind of bails you out. But he's the best catching tight end in football right now, especially with Gronk retired. He's going to have another monster season because that's what Zach Ertz does. He's been consistent since he came into the league. Him and Carson are real tight. They have that great rapport. He's his favorite target. He's the safety blanket, and he's going to be around for a while. He's not slowing down. If you can believe it, he's going to have a better year this year than he did last year because now you have a guy who can take the top off the defense in Deshaun Jackson. You have a great running back core who makes them stack the box, makes them bite on play action. All levels of the defense are going to have to work harder against the Seagulls offense, and that just opens up a lot of room in the middle of the field for Zach Ertz. And then you have Dallas Goddard, who probably on 15 to maybe 18 NFL teams would be the starting tight end in his second year. I mean, if you remember, he had his stats were great last year, and he had some taken away. He had that helmetless 80-yard touchdown against Dallas. Against Dallas. Dallas against Dallas, if you guys can keep track of that. That got called back on some bullshit pass interference call which if you remember that game, the refs were absolutely garbage for us. But he had an 80-yard touchdown taken off. Dude's a monster. He gets yard after catch. His yak numbers might be better than Zach Ertz, which is saying something because Zach Ertz is, like we already discussed, one of the better tight ends in football. And that's our number two guy. And then you've got Richard Rodgers, who was a staple in Green Bay for a couple years and is a competent veteran backup. I mean, he's a third-string tight end that might start on the worst teams in the league and would definitely be a backup for just about every team out there. But the top two tight ends, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, are both in the top half of the league, and you just don't see two really good tight ends like that on the same roster ever. I mean, the last one I can think of, (laughs) you guys ready for this one, Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez in New England. Was the last That's time, a throwback. Was the last time there were two tight ends of this caliber on the same team? Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully Dallas doesn't turn out to be right, Aaron Hernandez. Right, exactly. Part two. Uh, we'd like him to stick around a little bit longer in the league. But no, uh, all that aside, we're not going to touch the Aaron Hernandez. Right. Thing. In theory, you're absolutely right, though. Yeah, Goddard's amazing, though, and he's our second option at the tight end. So having that ability to stack the line, have two big blockers on the outside to run out of. They're both great pass catchers. And then you have two 
top-tier wide receivers as well. It's just an embarrassment of riches for the Philadelphia Eagles offense. Uh, so we're going to stop there with the offense. Uh, we're going to do defense next week because we won't have too much coming out of training camp, hopefully. Uh, training camp news is only bad stuff. It's only injuries uh, is the only substantial news that will come out of training camp. You'll hear stuff about, oh, this guy looks good or that guy looks good. Yeah, they should. They should come back ready to go, and it's training camp. Good players should look good. Hopefully, that's why I say hopefully we don't have any news by next week for training camp. And we can go through the defensive side of the ball. But top to bottom, you heard it. Did we have any positions where we were worried about anything? Not worried. It's just running back. It's a question mark for me right now. And it's only a question mark because you don't know who's going to make the team. But even then, you've got a guy in Jordan Howard who's going to get you about 9 to 10 touchdowns and about 1,000 yards which is what you need in this type of offense in a throw-first offense. Good pass catcher, Darren Sproles, who's fifth all-time in all-purpose yards. Point being, this team is stacked top to bottom on the offensive end. And going back to the history of the franchise, this is the most talented on-paper offensive roster that the Philadelphia Eagles have ever had. So buckle up. We're going to be putting up some points this year, which is what you like to see and what wins ball games in this day and age in the NFL. You need a run-and-gun offense and – we're ready to bring it. Right. And overall, the biggest concern has been left tackle. But if left tackle has been the biggest concern, I mean, I think we'll be A-OK. Gotcha. Yes, that's a, a lot of football talk. One other thing I want to cover, though, is just expectations overall for the Eagles season. So go around, guys. What do you think is so your expectation? What you'd be upset if this team didn't achieve? If they didn't achieve? Yeah. <sighs> overall. I would be upset if they didn't achieve in protecting Carson Wentz because as much as he himself needs to remain healthy, he also needs to be protected. Oh, come on. you got to give me more than that, though. So you're telling me if they go 7-9 and nine, but Carson Wentz is healthy, you're happy? No, but do you expect him to go 7-9 and nine if Carson no, Wentz what remains healthy? You. What's your expectation? If he remains healthy, then I expect at least 12 wins. Okay. You're going to go any further than that? Just 12 wins? That's fine if that's all you're expecting. Playoffs are kind of. A I'm, I'm saying at least twelve wins, at least twelve. Okay. So, if I can, if I can really ballpark, I'll say thirteen. Okay, twelve to thirteen wins. All right. What about you, Kev? I say another Super Bowl. Super Bowl. One crazy prediction I heard was Chargers Eagles in the Super Bowl. That'd be something. Wow. Phil Rivers. That'd be entertaining. Shot for his ring. What would you guys rather have, that or Eagles versus Patriots number three? It'd be kind of cool to get the rubber match between the uh, Eagles and Patriots. Get that third, make it like a three-game series. See how Brady does without Gronk. <sighs> At the same time, I don't think the Patriots are going to make it back. They're, we could go on forever about that. Uh, but, Kev, I'm with you, man. I hate to do the. I think it's okay now. Before, the S word was a bad word. You can't say it in Philly sports. You never wanted to bring it up because you jinx something, but... We've won one. We've got one under our belt. We had a run last year. I'm with you, man. This is a Super Bowl team. If this team does not win the Super Bowl, they underachieved. Yeah. This right now, top to bottom, is the best team in football. If you're the best team in football, on paper, you expect to win the most games and win the championship. Make a deep playoff run. Beat the other good teams. Prove that you are the best team with one of the better coaches in football. Win it all. This is a Super Bowl team, man. I'm I'm okay saying it. The Birds yeah. are going to win the Super Bowl this year. 
The thing is, everyone else is expecting that too. So everyone else is going to bring their A game. But so. this is the best team in football. It is the best team in football, but everyone else is going to be expecting that See, right from the get. So if, I don't, anything, I don't think it's going to be as easy for the Eagles as everyone says it is. No, it's not about easy. It's about what they need to do. This team, if this team does not win the Super Bowl, they underachieved. I, th- I think if anything, like it might be a rough, you know, game or two, but I, I feel like in the end, I, I think it's Super Bowl, but. Yeah, I think 12 to 13 wins is right on, Natty. We end up with the number one overall seed um, in the NFC. We get home field advantage. Home field is really the big difference. If this team gets home field, they're a Super Bowl winning team. If they don't, they're going to have to go somewhere like New Orleans or maybe Minnesota, uh, right, Atlanta. You don't, want, you don't want a repeat of the 9-7 and seven season. No, yeah, and I mean the crazy thing about that is this team's better than that year and better than the year we won the Super Bowl. And we were an Alshon Jeffrey drop away from pretty much going to the Super Bowl last year. You look at it, Alshon catches that, and we beat the Saints. Then we go to L.A. and we play the Rams again in a place where we've already beaten them. Then you go and you see New England who put up 13 points in the Super Bowl. I don't know. We put up 41 on them the year before. Basically the same defense. We were a drop away last year from going back and maybe winning back-to-back. So we get home field, it's a wrap. Even if we don't, it's still going to be a good chance in my mind. This team's a Super Bowl team, though. So it's going to be great, and we're going to hopefully live up to those expectations and follow those all year long, and we're going to hold the team to that expectation on this podcast because it seems like the majority of us are thinking it's Super Bowl or bust. So that's what we're looking for this season. That's a good thing. The expectations are higher. It may stress us out a little bit more. It's a lot better than being like, the Dolphins or the Giants or teams like that who are in the cellar. It's going to be a fun football season. Right, and it, it's all just going to come down to Carson Wentz remaining healthy, and as long as he remains healthy, then great things are going to happen. Yeah, it does hinge a lot on number 11, so we'll keep in touch with that. Uh, next week we're going to do the defensive side of the ball, look at everything there, a couple more question marks there, but also some of the better players on this team at some of those defensive positions. So we'll cover that coming up uh, next Wednesday or next Friday on the podcast. Now we're going to move into a little bit of Phillies talk. Not too much has gone on with the Phillies. A couple of really, really good gutsy performances out of them. Sunday, they had a late-inning go-ahead home run by Reese Hoskins. And then last night, I don't know if you guys stayed up for the game at all, finished up around like maybe 12.30 p.m. I was still working at the bar sweeping up, uh, and they were finishing up the game. 15 innings. 15 innings. Jeez. Scott Kingery, nice little leadoff triple in the top of the 15th. And then Reese Hoskins with an RBI single. Second go-ahead hit in as many games. And how many relief pitchers did they use? Oh, man, it had to have been, I think we were at seven, if I remember correctly. So it was Aaron Nola throwing, and Nola's gotten hosed on some of these. I think he's either gotten rain delayed or gone into extra innings or had late leads given up in his last three starts. So he's gotten hosed lately, but the important thing, the Phillies won the Pirates series, split with the Dodgers. They've now won three of their last four. What is it, four of their last five if you count the last Dodgers win, a couple extra inning wins. So I worry about them coming into this big series against the Braves this weekend just because of how many bullpen arms they've used. But don't look now. The boys might be getting hot. Bryce Harper's starting to heat up. Pitching is turning in some good performances. The bullpen's starting to steady up a little bit. And... The other thing that we're looking at, because they're starting to get a little bit hot, 
They've made a couple moves, too. Uh, they brought in Drew Smiley, who made the start in the series finale against Pittsburgh. He didn't get the win because that went extras. Uh, the win actually went to Ranger Suarez in relief. But he pitched really, really well, only giving up one earned run through, I think it was seven innings of work, which is great for a guy who was almost out of baseball. And then you brought in Mike Morin, who's a relief pitcher from the Twins, who is like their third to fourth reliever for the Twins, that is. So them clearing that up means the Twins are making some moves, but what it also means is looks like the Phillies are going to be buyers at the deadline, which means this front office and this management still believes in this team as a playoff team. So we're looking at playoff baseball in Philadelphia, whether it's the wild card or the second wild card or making a push for the division. Still can't say. The Braves are still good, and this series this weekend will tell us a lot. We could have a lot of Phillies news coming up this coming week on the podcast, depending on how this weekend series goes. But yeah, the Brave series, that's what huge, it's going to come down huge. to. Yeah. But they're still alive, though. That's good news. They're hanging in there. They're winning ball games. I think they're a half game out of uh, the top wild card spot because the Nationals have dropped off a little bit, and the Braves are going to hit that skid still. So let's hope we can start it off with them the next three games here. We'll keep our ear on the Phillies. Of course, we're going to be mostly Eagles from here on out unless the Phillies really make a push at this division. Just because, I mean, that's a team with more promise. But the Phillies are kind of getting that feel of knowing that they're about to slip out of contention, contention with the birds for Phillies' attention, that is. So they're making a little run. Good for them. Hopefully they keep it up, and we'll keep our eye on them as long as they're hanging around a little bit. And the best part about this is that they're taking advantage of every opportunity they, they get. If The mentality now is that if they're going to lose, they're not going to lose without a fight. Yeah, absolutely. So they go at like 1 o'clock today. Uh, we just got the lineup. While I got this notification, we might as well run through it and take a look at the Phil's lineup today. Because they've been putting some interesting stuff in. Gene Segura has been hurt a little bit, has this heel injury. Ooh, look at this. We got Cesar Hernandez batting leadoff, playing second. Scott Kingery is going to take over at short, batting uh, second. Then you've got Reese DHing. Ooh, oh my goodness. You've got Reese Hoskins DHing, first base. JT Romuto. Wait, what? Yep, JT's going to play first base for the Phillies today. So your all-star catcher, you're putting at first base, batting cleanup. Oh, my God, this could could go wrong. Adam Hazley's going to take over right. You got Michael Franco at third base. Nick Williams getting the start in left. Oh, my goodness. So Bryce has got a day off. Andrew Knapp's going to catch in the absence of JT Romuto back there. And Roman Quinn in center. So just like you drew it up on opening day, the Phillies on July 24th have an outfield of Nick Williams, Adam Hazley, and Roman Quinn. An infield of Cesar Hernandez, Scott Kingry, JT Realmuto, and then catching is Andrew Knapp. This is just... I like Kingry in the infield, but Bryce Harper with the day off and Realmuto first base? This is one of those games where if you're a manager, you're sitting there thinking... I've already split this series even if we lose today. We played 15 last night. People are gassed, and we've got the Braves coming in for three games that we need all three of them. Trying to steal one here with some backups in there. JT at first is just going to be something. I can't wait to see that. I'm going to have to rush home and get a quick look at what he looks like over there at first base. But I don't know off the top of my head if he's ever played over there. So that's a hell of a switch up from Kapler and the rest of the Phillies brass. So be an interesting game. Tune into that one. That's going to be 1.10 p.m. on Wednesday, two days before when you're listening to this. So make sure you get that time machine out and go back to Wednesday so you can watch JT play first base. Hopefully when you're hearing this on Friday, everything worked out. And we've already taken a game from the Braves. 
But that's a Phillies talk. Um, not too much on the other Philly sports fronts. Of course, Sixers and Flyers both in the middle of their offseason. Flyers, not really too much of anything going on. Right. The closest thing to any Flyers news that happened in the past week is more so a Toronto Maple Leafs news that uh, former Flyers back in Michael Neuverth is doing a Maple Leafs tryout, but that's not really Flyers news, so who cares? Yeah, so nothing going on there. The only Sixers news, and the Sixers, they might be my favorite fan base for Philadelphia sports because the birds, the birds are obsessed, but they're obsessed with actual sports news. The Sixers are Sixers fans are just so deep into everything they see on social media and the littlest bit of breadcrumbs to something that could be going on. And that's just the NBA in general because it's a soap opera. But did you guys see the video of Ben Simmons playing that pickup game against a couple other NBA players? I think Andrew Wiggins was there. I think I saw Devin Booker. Man's putting up three-pointers. He's putting up jump shots. He's getting there. He's ben getting Simmons there. is putting up in-game jump shots. So, oh my God. Goodness. What's more impressive, that or uh, JoJo's cocktail video? Oh, it's, <laughs> it's no doubt Ben Simmons putting up jump shots. And I was texting with some of my buddies, and one of my boys is complaining about the form. It's a pickup game. And we don't give a shit about Ben Simmons' form. I'll tell you this little secret. It doesn't matter if he shoots one for a hundred from three. The ability, not the ability, the willingness to shoot a three-pointer this year is going to make such a difference for this team. He just has to put them up. They don't have to go in. Eventually, one's going to go in, and it'll help if he can shoot like 25% from the floor, or 25% from three, rather, which I think, he's, I think he's capable of. But the fact that he's willing to put up shots, and he's putting up shots against other NBA players, this isn't like him and Tobias Harris one-and-one in a closed gym where no one's watching. This is videos going out on social media against other NBA players where Ben Simmons is not afraid to take jumpers, which is a great sign. And, of course, Sixers Twitter's freaking out over this and saying that he's got it figured out. I wouldn't go that far because we've seen videos like this in the past of, like, Hoodie Mello at the YMCA balling up on guys. <laughs> it doesn't always translate to the actual NBA game. And, yeah, the forum shot, he's still got that, like, chicken wing thing going on where he's sticking his elbow out. But but the willingness to take the risk and the willingness to get better and improve. It's a huge step. And last time I checked, it's July 24th. We got a lot of time until the season rolls around. So he's going to continue to improve. But it looks like we're going to see Ben Simmons with a jump shot. So you guys who took the under on that number of three-pointers made might be getting a little bit nervous. Like I said, I hope, I hope I'm wrong with my prediction. Yeah, well, I, ho I hope you are too. And it looks like, by all accounts, you probably will be if he continues to shoot and put up threes. And thank the Lord. Praise be to TJ. Yep. Praise be to TJ. So that's really the only Sixers news that popped out is an out-of-focus video of Ben Simmons putting up threes in a pickup game, which means something, but in the grand scheme of things, doesn't mean too much for the title hopes of that team. So we'll leave that as is. That's really all the sports part of this podcast. There's not too much going on outside of the Phillies and Eagles training camp. So we're going to go ahead and go through uh, what we did this weekend. We're calling this the heat check because it was so goddamn hot this weekend. If you guys are in the greater Philadelphia area, 102 on the actual thermometer, a real feel of about 115. Yeah, that's insane. Did you use your bathtub strategy? Dog, I played about like nine hours of softball this weekend. Oh, my god! I was outside. How were you alive? No idea. Saturday, I went outside. I had softball at, it was 10.30 a.m. 
So I played softball from 10.30 to about 12.30. So I got in about two hours there. Went home. My buddies wanted to play wiffle ball. So I was out by the pool waiting for them to come over. So I was outside from 12.30 to 1.30. We played wiffle ball. We played nine inning games. Ended up being tied. So we went to the 13th. So I played three hours of wiffle ball. So that's a total of like seven or eight hours outside. Literally went inside. Had like heat stroke on Saturday. Sunday had playoff softball for my uh, competitive men's league. So we're outside. The way playoffs work, it's a three-game series. First to win two games. We win the first game. Of course, we lose the goddamn second game in the 12th. Softball games are seven innings. So we had played five extra innings. And then we had to play a third game that went to the eighth inning. So we played extra there. So I was outside from 10.30 a.m. on Sunday till I got done at about 3.30, 4 o'clock. Literally outside. I play outfield. I run for all the fat old guys on the team. (sighs) Dog, it was just literally me sprinting around in 102-degree heat the whole weekend. It was terrible. Dude, that's awful. Got a good tan going on now. I got a lot of color. Yeah, I can see that. I literally, Monday, I didn't do anything. I didn't come into the studio. I didn't do, I laid around. I played Call of Duty. And I stayed inside and I drank as much water <laughs> as I could because this weekend was just awful. It was so goddamn yeah. hot. That, that's like all you could do this weekend. Yeah. Like Saturday, I went outside and so my dad is a boat and we went wakeboarding. Oh, I did dope. like, I did two runs and I was like, oh, it's too hot for You're this. Done? The The water. So when you go out, the water is so shallow by like the dock. Mm. Like if you stuck your hand in the water, it was a hot tub. Like, it was too hot to even go in the water. Yeah, the pool. I got back in the pool on Sunday because I went back over to my house in Jersey. It was literally the same temperature as the air outside. There was no. It was like being in a bath. Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. Ew. That's awful. That's like be, going to the Everglades. Like, just sitting in a like a damn marsh. That's not fun. No. It was no. not a good time. I walked to a bar Friday night. And Friday night wasn't even the hot one. Saturday night was hotter. I walked maybe like six blocks to a bar. I had sweat through my shirt already. I sat down. I grabbed the drink. I looked around. I'm like, no girl's going to talk to me. I literally like soaked in sweat. I probably smelled like shit. I crushed a beer real quick. I left. I went home at like 11 p.m. Man. Ridiculous. You can't do anything in that kind of heat. No. Mm-mm. No, that's just unbearable right yeah. there. Yeah. And I like the heat. I'm just a little heavy sweater. I run a little hot sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a big guy. I don't know why I sweat that much. But so I'm kind of. I'm not going to give Brendan the satisfaction of saying that, like, summer sucks. Because I'll take that over, like, five degrees any day. Yeah. But it was hot as shit this week. What did you do? So Wednesday I went to Avalon. And I stayed there for oh, a couple cool. days. My best friend and his family invited me. He, they have a beach house down there. So nice. we strolled the beaches, got to go fishing. This, and this is my first time fishing in five years. I had the best luck. I can't tell you how many fish I caught. Caught a flounder that we actually got to keep. So that was really cool. Oh, really? Did you eat the flounder? Yeah. Oh, uh, that's dope. It's always cool catching. I don't know that I've ever caught a fish that I've actually eaten. Did you know how to like scale, like cut it up and everything and mm. all that shit? No, they knew what they were doing though. They knew what they were doing. Gotcha. That's but cool. all we had, all we had to do was catch it. My bet, my best friend had absolutely no luck the beginning of the fishing trip, and so where I was, I was catching all the fish. I was, I was catching everything from the big flounder to sea bass, sea robins, croakers. Oh, and so my best friend, he's like, I'm just staying right here. He's like, dude, just come over to this side. This is where we're getting all that. Like, no, I'm staying in this one spot. And he caught the catch of the day. The biggest fish, the best fish. And it was at the very end of the fishing trip. Wow. Not like saving the best for last. Yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. You always get the big one late. Fishing's great, though. It's one of those things like golf where even if you suck at it or it doesn't go well, you're still just like hanging out and drinking outside. Yeah. So that's a great, like, really just an activity to do while you're drinking so you're not an alcoholic. Love yeah. fishing. Pretty, that's yeah. great. Do you actually go out on a boat? Mm-hmm. That's dope. 
That's cool. You go pretty far offshore? Or? Not really, no. We were pretty close. Um, like We didn't go all the way to Cape May, but we just went a few miles outside of uh, outside of Avalon. Kind of like, I guess you can call it a bay, really more of a channel. I don't know what the huge difference is, but yeah. gotcha. there, was, there was this one creepy part, though. So it, it was like something out of a Stephen King movie. So we were out, and there's just all this fog everywhere, and you hear the engine of another boat coming. And so we honked the bowhorn. So let them know, like, hey, assholes, we're out here. You better slow down. And they're not slowing down. I was like, okay, what the fuck? This is something out of either Stephen King movie or the movie Duel, except with boats. This is extra creepy right here. Like, you were expecting, like, the Loch Ness Monster to show up out of nowhere or some crazy <laughs> shit like that. Right, yeah, with the fog. Yeah. Was there another boat? Did you ever see the other boat? We did see the other boat eventually. He didn't That's slow good. down until he was, like, maybe, like, a couple hundred feet away, so. Oh, damn. Good thing he didn't run into you. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I've I've seen I've seen way too many scenarios like that. Yeah, that's like some Final Destination type shit. Yeah, boat crash would be like, dude. Boat crashes would... are the dumbest thing though. There's so much ocean. How did how are there yeah. other boat crashes? But well, still, that would be like the worst way to die because basically you would drown, and drowning is the most painful way to die. I've heard. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I don't want to fi- I don't want to find out if that's true. <laughs> yeah, no, let's not. No, yeah, let's no. not find that. Nobody out. Nobody on the podcast find yeah. that out. Yeah, yeah got... no, don't do that. Like the one viewer listening right now, what's his username? Skinny Boys ID. Don't figure that out for us, please. Don't figure that. Oh, out. We got a guy on the live stream. Yeah, hey, he actually yeah, uh, yeah, do not... to the group chat. I uh, appreciate it. Don't drown yourself, guy. <laughs> we, we need you to continue our audience on one. Yes. <laughs> but please. good good news for everyone uh, coming up this weekend. We got eighty eight and sunny pretty much the whole weekend. That's Let's beautiful. Go. I'll take that every oh, day yeah. of the goddamn week. 88 and sunny. Hang out. Do some stuff outside. Yeah. That's pool weather. That's beach weather. That's like anything you want to do, you can do in 88 and sunny. Yeah, so, yeah. I, live, uh, I live down the road from a golf course. Might see myself playing 18 holes. Yeah, get out. play. Oh, that's a good idea. I might get out and play some golf. I yeah. work both like nights this weekend. Whatever. It's all right. And I'm going to the Phil's uh, Braves this Sunday. Oh, okay. But yeah, so hopefully a little bit more exciting of a uh, weekend recap next time because we'll actually be able to get outside and do stuff. Right. Uh, now, now I know you want to talk about like some guests. Okay, so I have a very big special announcement. Oh boy! So it's it's not a huge. It's it's nothing too crazy. Like we didn't get an athlete. We didn't get like anyone involved with any of the Philadelphia sports teams or anything like that. But I think I got us a couple of guests that I think you guys will be plenty happy about. Okay. So who do we have? Do we know the type of guest? That I got. The first one is a bikini model. Oh. Is she calling in or coming in studio? So we don't know that yet. So she. That's really important. <laughs> available. That's really important. I would. Because pre- I know a couple phone numbers. I could talk to bikini models on the phone. Exactly. <laughs> no, but I, I talked to her and she said she's interested and, you know, Wants to wants to come down to the studio, so we'll have to have video footage. Yeah, now. yeah. We're going to make sure. So check out the live stream. Well, and make sure we'll put some stuff up on the Instagram. We may YouTube have channel. a bikini. Well, I, I don't want to get your guys' hopes up too much because the other guest is her boyfriend, but her boyfriend. Oh, oh come! But come her, on! But dude. are you serious? Check, listen, check this out. Her boyfriend is a radio personality. Working for WSTW, so okay, okay, that, that I mean, I that, guess, that I guess it's a, it's a win-win. But guys, get get this. Her name, the bikini's on her name is Amberly Jones. Like t- this is. Let me look this girl up on Instagram. She's yeah. smoking, dude. She here's how. I right, how many followers? She has like ten thousand, I think. Damn. But here here's how good at here. I can't even get the words out of my <laughs> mouth. She is she's so stunning. Um, she won Preston and Steve's. Uh, totally off the swimsuit calendar 
of really? the year. Not just for the month she was in. I think she was Miss August. She won it for the entire year for 2018. Wow. So that this is this is big. Yeah, that is. I can't. I can't Do you believe have her she, Instagram. Yeah, it's uh. Let me pull it up. It is Jones Amberly. Jo- right. Jones period Amberly. This is bad radio, but it's worth it. I'm looking at Jones period Amberly. Yep. Hang on. This is her. Oh, Amber Lee like that? Who yeah. spells that shit like that? Appar- that's such apparently. a hot girl. Hey, hey, don't, such qu- a, don't question. That's don't question. Such a I got her that's on. That's such don't, a hot girl name. Don't question. I got her on. Oh. Well, oh, I found her. That's such a hot girl name. I told you. This is like to the guys in the 70s. like Okay, that like girl's meeting a Farrah rocket. Fa- to me, this is like meeting Farrah Fawcett, if that makes sense. Yeah, that girl's a rocket. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. For, for science. Yeah, for, for science. I think we'll have her in. Definitely. Yeah. Very important. We'll get her sports takes on everything. That'll be <laughs> yeah. hugely important. No, that'd be dope if we could have her in. So that's awesome. I actually yeah. isn't bikini modeling considered like a sport? Quote unquote. We can. We can. Quote unquote. She's the what, what are so, the chances that she listens to this? What are the chances she listens to this? Yeah. Well, she follows me on Instagram for whatever reason. So Okay. I hope What she, what are the chances that she listens to this specific podcast? This specific podcast? Like this episode. This episode? Mm, well, actually now. Well, now that I've asked her, probably like maybe like a thirty percent chance. I'll take so. that chance. Bikini modeling is not a fucking sport. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. No Let's shot now. Not a sport. All right, bikini modeling. I've isn't that the same as like you know Miss America, like going to those pageants, I, I guess, contests, yeah, and kind of. Like that's those are not like, a that's not a sport. Though. All right, well they're they're competitive. Kevin. You know, you got you got it's, it's competing. Yeah, Kevin, it's a competition. It's not a sport. It's that okay? That's like saying. Um, uh, croquet isn't a sport. But is, cro- is checkers a sport, Kevin? Oh, I thought you made, you know, I thought you made crochet. It's a I'm strategic like, sport. Dude, no, I it's, it's a board game, Kevin. Is Monopoly a sport, Kevin? Yes. Everything that's a competition is not a sport. I beg to differ. Is MasterChef a sport? Yes. Oh it's a competition, You're not a sport. I beg to You're differ. You're about to get kicked off the I, podcast. I think competition and sports go hand in hand. They may not be as intense as others, but they go hand in hand, but not every competition is a sport. I don't know. Knitting. What? Do you- <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> do, do the fact check before you get kicked off the podcast. <laughs> uh, it's just a, it was a prank. <laughs> <laughs> what, do, what do we have for the fact check? So uh, for fact check, um, to be honest, I don't really have anything for fact check. I feel like we were pretty spot on for everything that we were talking about. Um, Everything from, I mean, a, a few misspelled names or like mispronounced pronounced names. Um, other than that, I, I feel like we, we were pretty good with fact check. Nothing at all. I can try to come up with something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, talking about the, the video of uh, Ben Simmons hitting jumpers. Wow. That's, um. Phillies talk. Um. Oh, uh, the Sunday Phillies game. Uh, Phillies one two one. Was uh, that Sunday? That was against the Pirates, right? I can't remember what team that was against. Yeah, it was against the Pirates. Let me check. I believe it was two one. Okay, that's the only thing I I can think of. Because I saw I was watching highlights of that. Why did we say something else? No, I don't think you mentioned it at all. Okay. So I just Yeah, nice little added. That. Yeah, two to one. You're right. Awesome. Cool. I knew something. What a great right. fact check. Bounce, bouncing up in the power rankings there. 
Uh, I don't <laughs> no, think, I, I, don't think that, I don't think that deserves <laughs> it a only, Maybe a half a percent. I feel like that brought me back to even after what I uh, mentioned earlier. Buford's almost winning by not being here. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's, this, well, well he's, not, he's not here for a really good reason. So I think Kev and Brennan are just going to stop showing up so they stop losing points in like the producer rankings. I think like being here is only like lower in the level. So yeah. Every time start I open my us. mouth. <laughs> yeah. I'll just, I'll tape my mouth. Next no, time. no, no, you could continue to contribute. <laughs> no. I love the uh, pronunciation of the birds' names and everything, and helping us out read those. Do we have any? Did you have anything else, or was that the exciting announcement? That was the exciting announcement. Okay, uh, and pretty else? much the only thing they gave us their we're, schedule when they're available. Contact. So all we got to do is schedule the interview. Uh, we're also at fifty nine thirty. Okay, so cool. perfect timing. All right, great. So that's all we got for today. We talked about some guests. So hopefully, coming up soon, we'll have a bikini model, and unfortunately her boyfriend in the studio. We'll talk more Eagles football next week. We'll go through the defensive side of the ball. We're going to have more Phillies news. We'll recap this big series with the Braves and get a pulse of where we stand there and any other random social media videos of Ben Simmons throwing up jump shots or Joel Embiid making Shirley Temples or anything like that, we'll make sure to bring you. Uh, For now, that's it for the Jetro podcast. Oh, one other thing that we're going to put in. We're going to try and figure this out. I think we should all try and hit a Phillies game before the end of the year and hit a little tailgate in the Jetro lot. Yes. Stay true to the name. I'm totally down for that. The four of us will be there. We'll have to figure out the date on that. But the four of us will go, and we'll make it so that you guys are more than welcome to attend. Anyone who's a listener for us, you can stop by, actually meet us, say what's up, have a couple beers, hang out, just have a good time. So we'll hit a game. We'll come up with that sometime before the end of the summer. It's next month or so. I think would be a good plan to try and do that and get out to a game and actually take the Jetro to the Jetro. So that's what we're working on here. That's all we've got for this week. So you guys enjoy your weekend. Take it easy.